0: Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six-Pack. I am your host, Tony DeFio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely, cold, and bitter Friday night in Pittsburgh. But it's the end of February, so it's supposed to be cold and bitter. And I uh, hope wherever you are in Steelers Nation that it's nice and warm and toasty. And if it isn't, well, like I say every week, it's almost spring. So before I continue... I just want to encourage you to please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show, the Steelers Hangover, Touchdown Under, Know Your Enemy, which is now the curtain call This uh, during the offseason, Steelers Preview, Steelers Post Game, the Scobro Show. We have shows for each and every day live. And if you're watching... This show live on YouTube. You can also catch it on Facebook Live. So if you're watching on Facebook, hello, and you can catch all these shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. I, of course, like iHeartRadio. I, I said every week, but you can catch it on Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, what else? We have Apple. So many places. Any place where you can find a, a podcast, you can find our podcasting platform. We also have audio only shows you can catch on any audio platform including let's ride the live mic uh from the cutting room floor the stat geek the war room what he's talking about so please give those a a listen you won't be sorry our our platform has grown so much over the last year or so Uh, everybody does a great job of getting you see this content 24 7 365. Uh, so, uh, please check us out and of course, check out behind. So curtain, the website, we bring you news commentary, film breakdown. Anytime there's, there's, there's breaking news. Anytime there's minor news, anytime there's any kind of news, we'll have it for you. So please check us out. It is your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And let's look at the live chat and who was the first in Steelers. Pittsburgh was the first one in, so they get the gold star. So welcome. Nicole Molina, Florida. And she says Florida is hot. I wish I was there right now. It'd be great. But like I said, it's almost spring. So just a few more weeks and, and we'll be in the clear, I do believe. Brian Brown, Clarence Washington, one of our legends. He's here. My, mine read Jane and Bert. Greg Lawson from Facebook. Levin Robinson, Levin Laverne Robinson from Facebook. Danny Owens from YouTube. He says, "Hey, Tony, George, Teston, and that's a uh, great crew tonight. And I'm glad you guys are here to join me on on uh, another great night in Steeler Nation. So, let's talk about the uh, the big news from the past week since I last talked to you on my solo podcast, and that was the hiring of Brian Flores last Saturday. Last Saturday, I was I was, I was uh, one day uh, one day away from uh, having the breaking news." And uh it was breaking news, wasn't it? I mean, it shocked everybody. I, I wrote about this the other day. And when I first saw the official announcement on, on Twitter from the Steelers official tw- Twitter uh page, I thought it was a joke. Like They, they hired Blair, Brian Flores. If you don't know his story, he was fired from the dolphins. Uh, it after the season or during the season. Anyway, I think it was after the season. And, and uh, of course, he he quick quickly uh, filed a a lawsuit against the league for for racial discrimination after it was determined that that Brian Dabble was hired to be the Giants' new head coach before Flores even had an interview with the with the with the Giants. He found it out by accident, thanks to Bill Belichick of all people, his former boss and mentor. So uh, you know, Flores was in the wind there, and and um. Many wondered if he would ever work in the NFL again. I mean, that's a you know big thing that sue the NFL for for anything, but especially you know racial discrimination. It's it's a it's a pretty big uh, accusation. You know, there is a lot of it seems to, there's at least some truth to it, in my opinion. But anyway, um, uh, Flores was was uh, hired last week to be the Steelers' uh, new uh, senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. And it was a move that everybody, just about everybody, loves, and and showed immediate uh, approval of when it when it was announced. And uh, uh, the feeling is that Flores is going to add a lot to the coaching staff, and 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 I think that's 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 true. I think he's going to add a lot. How could he not? He's he's a very talented coach. He's young. He's one of the brightest defensive minds in in in, in the NFL. He's been widely credited with shutting down the rams and and the super bowl against the patriots following the 2018 season he wasn't the official defensive coordinator but it's, it's been confirmed that he was basically the defensive coordinator he was one calling the plays and and along with bill belichick devising the game plan for that game so uh the guys uh he's got a great track record and he, he did a good job with the, with the dolphins he turned them around they didn't really get over the hump as a, as a true contender but he turned them around and It was kind of a a surprise that he was fired. So he's going to add a lot to the staff and, and um, he's obviously not just going to be the linebackers coach. Uh, Presumably the outside linebackers coach, uh, Jerry Osavsky is the inside linebackers coach. So assuming he keeps that role, um, uh, Flores is going to, I guess, be the primary coach for the outside linebackers. Although there's talk that he can help, uh, fix devin bush and help sort of revitalize his career and i'm sure he can again the guy uh has worn many different hats or at least he did with the patriots before he became a head coach with the dolphins so the guy's been around he's been he's worked on the offensive side and of course he's worked on the defensive side uh he's worked in the personnel department so he's a very talented coach and he obviously knows his defense so but he's not just going to come in here and, and and be a defensive uh and be a linebackers coach he's going to I'm assuming contribute contribute heavily to the week weekly game planning and scheming of the defense, and uh, you know I don't think anybody should be surprised uh, when when you hear stuff like that. Cause I, I think that goes on all the time. You know, um, uh, we heard for years that, that Dick Hoke was uh, instrumental in, in the running game and in, 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 in coordinating the running game. Uh, we heard that about Mike Munchak that he was the the, the ground game coordinator when he was here as the offensive line coach and Dick Dick LeBeau I'm sorry Dick Hope was the running back coach to to fill you in, uh, fill you in on what he did he was the running backs coach but he was also a, a vital member of of that coaching staff and people like Mark Malone have said that uh, people on players on both sides of the ball would go to him for advice constantly and and he would give them advice on how to improve their game so you know just because you're an assistant coach or a position coach doesn't mean you're not contributing. You know, when, when Bill Cowher uh, first came to Pittsburgh in 1992, he hired Dom Capers to be his defensive coordinator. But, but Dick LeBeau was also on that staff as a a defensive backs coach. And uh, if you don't think that he contributed heavily uh, into the game planning of the defense every week, uh, you're, you're sadly mistaken. You know, Dick LeBeau was was um, a coordinator before he came to Pittsburgh for a couple of different teams, at least. And, um, you know, if you ever watch any old NFL film stuff, and of course, I love that stuff. And I have a DVD uh, of the, I think, the first 70 years or whatever it was. It's, it's from 04. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, in, in the feature section, they do a, a feature on Dick LeBeau after he was rehired as the coordinator in, in 04, he he left in the 90s to go back with the Bengals, and eventually became their head coach. Got fired, and he came back to Pittsburgh. And they did a, a feature on him on him and the uh, the special relationship he had with his players. And Kevin Kevin Green, the late Kevin Green, the late great Kevin Green, he was interviewed for this uh, this NFL Films feature, and he talked about when Dick LeBeau became the coordinator in 1995. I think, yeah, 1995 after Capers left to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, uh, Kevin Green talked about one of the first meetings uh, that that he had with that, with the defense. And he said, you remember all that zone blitz stuff? He said other words, but that zone blitz stuff that you guys have been using the last couple of years has been highly successful. That's mine. That's mine. And we're going to do a heck of a lot more of it now than I'm the coordinator. In other words, you know, Dick LeBeau was the guy who, who, Helped to invent the zone, uh, the zone blitz defense, and you know he can he helped contribute to that to to Don Capers, Dom Capers' game plan when he was a coordinator here. So, you know, to think that Flores isn't, isn't going to be a major contributor to the defense is crazy. Of course he's going to be he's going to contribute with throw Austin and Mike Tomlin in devising the game plan every week for defense. So, I, I think it's an exceptional uh, move and it really does, as the title of the show suggests, it, it changes the perception of the coaching staff because, you know, uh, people were very critical of the Steelers uh, for weeks after the season because of the the internal uh, p- promotion of, of, of Austin as coordinator of the defense. And of course, Matt Canada last year was promoted to offensive coordinator after after Ridney Fichtner was fired. So, you know, the belief was that that Mike Tomlin only wanted to surround himself with yes men and at the Rooney family, Art, Art II, they were cheap. And they didn't want to bring in any big time names from, from, from the outside. And the, uh, the team as a whole was going to suffer because of that, because, uh, the coaching staff was, was made up of, of, of people who weren't quite as accomplished as coordinators and, and position coaches and other teams. But you know, bringing Flores in here immediately changes that perception. Like I said on the hangover on, on, on Monday with Brian and, and Shannon White, it's like having, like, like I said just now, it's like having Dick LeBeau as your secondary coach. It's like having Mike Mike Munchak, a former head coach, as your offensive line coach. So it, it's going to be huge. And, um, you know, if you have three bright minds heading the defense, uh, two former three former coordinators on defense and two former head coaches. I mean, gosh, you know, provided they have the, the, uh, they, they fix of so many issues with the personnel, you know, on defensive line secondary, obviously they have question marks in, in a few different places on defense provided they address those accordingly. It, it can only help because great defensive minds get the most that they can out of, out of great defensive players. So, Hopefully they they can they can uh, do some do some upgrades in certain areas and and I think the rest will take care of itself. I'm fairly confident that you know even if Mike Tomlin uh, continues to call the plays, which is pretty much not a secret anymore, uh, the scheming and, and the game planning is not going to be just Mike Tomlin. It's going to be Mike Tomlin. It's going to be Terrell Austin. It's going to be Brian Flores and I'm pretty sure Tomlin is going to be open to input from those guys during the game. You know, I think most great uh, coaches are, are, are open to, um, to suggestions during a game. If they're not, then, then the, the team's probably suffers. And we've even heard uh, when you, when you, when you, when you um, heard Brian Flores, uh, when he was on the uh, Brian Gumbel show, the real sports show the other day on HBO you're talking about Bill Belichick and you think of Bill Belichick as this egomaniac, this, it's almost like this dictator as the head coach, uh, my way or the highway. But according to Brian Flores, he listened to uh, suggestions. So, you know, uh, Mike Tallman, uh, he's a great leader. We all know that we know, we all know that regardless of what you think of his abilities to, as a, you know, to scheme and, and, and the X's and O's and, time management and all those things that he always gets gets criticized for. I think, and everybody will, will be in agreement. At least I I would assume that he knows how to manage people. He knows how to manage people, both uh, his players and his coaches and whoever else he has to manage as the head coach of the Steelers. So uh, I I don't think he'd he'd have that great reputation if he was just somebody who did not want to listen to anybody, but his own thoughts and own ideas. So. I think this, uh, this hiring, this hire is, is going to be fantastic. So I'm really excited about it. And, um, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what this leads to as far as personnel, you know, w- w- with the draft coming up, with free agency coming up, how much influence having Flores on board is going to, is going to, uh, have for that? Uh, is he going to, you know, are they going to bring in players to sort of, uh, you know, fit a different. You know, to, 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 you know, sort of, not really change the direction of the defense, but maybe tweak it a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be pretty interesting. And um, speaking of free agency and the draft and all, that, and, and hiring coaches, I think last last Saturday's hire was another example of the NFL season just. Never stopping, never being over, and as it pertains to the Steelers, you know, even when you think they're down to nothing, they're always up to something. I mean, that, that that's saying, right? And you know, as, as fans and in, in, in the media, uh, we tend to, to get impatient when it comes to the, the moves that they make, like we did with that with the with the coaching staff uh, until the floor is higher. But you know, just because we're just because we don't see anything happening. Just, just because we don't hear rumors of anything happening doesn't mean that they're not working on something. And yes, Flores kind of fell into their lap and he called Mike Tomlin to ask for advice for counsel, uh, how to proceed, you know, after filing the lawsuit and being, being without a job. And that kind of led to, to, um, this, this hire but just because it's sort of they, they fell just because Flores fell into the Steelers' lap doesn't mean that that they didn't have to take initiative and and, and get this deal done, and it's kind of like what happened with Joe Hayden in 2017. Uh, he was cut by the Browns, and they immediately swooped in and, and and made a deal, and it made their defense that much better. So the point is, um, and this will this will hopefully. Uh, people will keep this in mind at the beginning of free agency, but I doubt it is it just because they're not doing anything on day one or day two or day three, doesn't mean they're not going to do something big eventually uh, before the spring is up. You know, last year you look at all the moves that they made throughout the, throughout the off season. You know, they didn't do a whole lot at the beginning of free agency, but by the end of the summer, they had made a lot of significant moves, uh, signs to people uh, made some trades. They didn't all work out but they 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 addressed many areas of their team by the end by the time the season started so you know the offseason uh free agency doesn't end just because the big wave the first or second big wave ends uh in march it's going to be ongoing until uh training camps over and even during the season so Ah, uh, Kevin Colbert, and and sometimes you roll your eyes when he says this stuff. And like, we're always evaluating players. We're always looking to improve. And you're like, okay, whatever you say, Kevin. Why aren't you doing anything? But uh, this is just another example. To Flores hires, just another example that they do, that they are always looking to improve. And their timetable is a little bit different than ours. We want it done right away. We want it done just like that. Whereas uh, the way the Steelers tend to do things is is they kind of sit back and. Kind of let things come to them, like a, like one of those uh, Texas Hold'em uh, poker players that that folds a lot, you know. But they know when to play a, a certain hand. They know when to play a good hand. They know when to be aggressive. They know when to hold them and when to fold them. You know, that, like the song uh, says. So, uh, I'm excited to see what, what's going to what's going to go on this uh, this spring with free agency. It, it's like I said last week. This is the first time in the modern era, really, since social media and everything that they've, that they've, they're going to have a lot of money to play with. And, and they're going to have fans really anticipating, but like I said, in my last article, don't go crazy if they don't do anything right away, but they're probably going to do something this year significant because they have the, the money to do it. So maybe it'll make a few significant moves. Maybe there'll be free agent winners for a change uh, for whatever that's worth. I mean, there are a lot of teams that, that are, that get branded, you know, the free agent winner uh, by ESPN and and all these other uh, outlets. And when the season starts, (laughs) they're uh, down and out losers. So, but you know, if it, if it, if it brings some excitement this spring, then I guess that'd be a good thing. But I trust that that they're going to be more about making pragmatic and, and uh smart moves than they are about making a splash i don't see them making a big splash that's just not how they do things not unless that splash also coincides with it being a smart football move so we'll see what happens and that's all i have to say but the brian Flores is higher um i'm uh, again I'm I'm, I'm 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 very excited about it as as are a lot of people so and you know just to touch on some things that not a lot of people are saying but uh, somebody brought this up on Twitter. Um, ben Anderson, he made a great point. Uh, who, who works for another site? He's a really good. Uh, Stealer Mind, and he said, you know, before uh, when, when Flores was 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 out there, before you know he was hired, fans said, oh, we got to get Brian Flores in here, and, and 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 then when they did, some people were saying, oh, it's just a it's just an affirmative action move by Tomlin. It's just a a move to prove a point. About you know the social and in, in injustices you know, happening with coaches, so people were mad about that. Even though, even if it was true that, that that's why Tomlin did this to make a statement, uh, they got a they got a great coach. So isn't that the bottom line? So it's just funny how 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 uh, that went. You know so that the opinion, the opinions changed on it for some reason because of the perception of why Flores may have been brought in here. But regardless of why he was brought in here uh it was it's a great football move and that at the end of the day that's what you want them to do make great football moves and this was certainly the case uh with the brian flores hire so it's only february so there's a lot of time between now and in training camp so there's gonna be a lot of talk and speculation of what he can do uh for them this year but <laughs> i can't imagine it not being a, a bad or i can't imagine it not being a good move so We'll have to wait and see on that. And I just wanted to move on to some other things. Uh, Of course, Kevin Colbert and and Art II talked to the media uh, this past week, and and they both kind of sort of uh, threw their support behind Mason Rudolph a little bit. You know, nothing like earth-shattering support, but they did, you know – give him a bit of a vote of confidence, you know, You know, uh, Kevin uh, Colbert said, you know, he, as of today, he's, he, you know, if the season started today, Mason Rudolph would be the Steelers starting quarterback. Of course, he's the only quarterback on the roster, but, you know, he was just pointing out a fact. Of course, people took that and ran with it. And, and art the second, you know, uh, ca- kind of gave Rudolph a vote of confidence on uh, Thursday when he talked to the media and, you know, he, he talked about Rudolph's, you know, His mobility, you know, it's not great mobility, but he has some mobility, and we saw that last year against in the Lions game. Uh, Of course, people don't want to hear that about Mason Rudolph, and you know, this leads a a bit a bit of panic among fans. And but really, I mean, what are they supposed to say? You know, this guy, meaning Mason Rudolph, he might have to play for you at some point, even if even if he doesn't, even if you go out and get a big name, even if you go out and, and and get a mediocre name even to go out and draft somebody and they're just in you, they're your starter in week one, whoever that is, Mason Rudolph, you might, you might have to rely on him for a good chunk of the 2022 season, if not the entire season. So you're, you know, you want to support that guy. He is your employee. So, uh, you know, why people think that's a, such a horrible thing uh, that, that Mason Rudolph's bosses would, would, acknowledge that that you know he's in the mix at the very least to be their quarterback in 2022 i don't know why that's such a shocker to anybody it shouldn't be because uh it could very well be a reality regardless of what you think of it it could be the reality and 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 they have to they have to you know pump him up a little bit you know that's what you're supposed to do with your starting quarterback you're not supposed to be overly um uh you you know critical of your starting in public i mean you, you have to you know, Bart Starr said to Vince Lombardi one time, you know, you know, you want me to be the leader of your team, but you keep you keep berating me in front of the rest of the team. You know, how can you expect me to lead them if, if you make me if you embarrass me in front of them? So, you know, uh, there, there's been, you know, so, so many examples, TJ Watt, Najee Harris, a couple other players, uh, you know, sort of failing to mention Rudolph and, and Dwayne Haskins when being asked about possible uh, quarterbacks for the team in 2022, you know, well, somebody has got to step up and, (laughs) and, and and give these guys uh, a vote of confidence. So I think that's, that's all you have to, you know, think uh, about that. You know, not that they're necessarily, not that Rudolph or Haskins are necessarily going to be the, the starter. It's just that their bosses are in the case of Rudolph. Anyway, they're, they're acknowledging that they're, that, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know they're 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 showing some confidence in him, which I think is a good thing. And the reason why I think it's a good thing is because I don't think anybody else is showing much confidence in Mason Rudolph. I mean, if you listen to the media and of course the fans, I mean the guy, they, he's already probably the most hated Steeler, which is so funny because, you know, we talk about what happened b- between eighty four and two thousand four before. Uh, after Bradshaw retired and Ben uh, was drafted, well, we're already repeating that kind of history with with Mason Rudolph, and he hasn't even been named the the uh, starter yet. you know, and when I say repeating history, I mean like this this person almost like this 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 hatred for the guy, not just his play, but like him as a person. and it's it's you know you, you see this question on Twitter every day, um you know, from somebody. I understand why. People might not like Mason Rudolph, his, his, his quarterback ability, but, but what is it with this, this personal hatred for the guy? And, you know, if you study Steeler history, this goes back to Terry Bradshaw uh, when he first came along, his first four or five years, you know, when fans like took his, his struggles on the field personally and got really personal with him and about his intelligence, his looks, everything. And of course uh you know all throughout the eighties mark Malone uh you know Bobby brister kind of kind of got spared uh of that uh you know I think because he was kind of like a duck Hodges type you know he had a he had a unique unique name and you know he had you know he showed a lot of courage and fire and he swore a little bit and you know he was never a great quarterback but I think he he because he was so fiery and and uh I think fans kind of I think they, they, they took to him a little bit more than some other quarterbacks like Neil O'Donnell and of course, Cordell Stewart. And, you know, the stuff that, you know, was said about him was just, just awful. And something I'll never forget from my fellow Pittsburgh slash Schiller fans. Uh, you, know, so, you know, working all the way up, to, Tommy Maddox at the end, after he was supplanted by, by uh, Roethlisberger in 04 and 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 had to start in 05 and lost that game against Jacksonville throwing garbage on his lawn and and they kind of never uh forgave him for his poor play after Ben took over, so it's like this you see this and it's with Mason you kind of saw a preview of this with uh Landry Jones when he had to step up and be a starter in the mid twenty tens uh you know people sort of call him laundry Jones all that stuff. He's the, he's the worst backup ever. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's probably like that with, with, with every high profile player at any position in any sport in, 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 in professional sports, but it just seems like it's, it's worse with quarterbacks, I guess, cause it's the most high profile position in professional sports in in team sports anyway, but it's just so, it's so, uh, funny that that it's like that like you know i i argue with people on on twitter like you know i'm not going to use the exact words they use but you know mason rudolph's a jerk you know i'm like based on what you know like he's, he's just a jerk I, I just think he's a jerk but but why look we could we could we could disagree on why he's a, why i think he's a jerk but i think he's a jerk and that just doesn't make any sense to me because he's never really done anything to to earn that reputation i mean, he hasn't been the greatest quarterback there's no denying that but i mean like you know he they post you know his picture gets posted online and people make fun of his looks uh he posts a picture an instagram picture with his girlfriend and people make fun of that like it's so crazy i mean this guy might you know wind up um being a great quarterback for them or at least a really good competent quarterback for them and you know i mean this is the stuff that gets put in books 20 years later like how the fans treated me they were so they were so mean to me and there's you know there's gonna be no way to, to, to deny it um, because it's true you know people always talk about oh I have you know on Twitter I have I'm saving the receipts from the haters well you know it's gonna be all those quote-unquote receipts are going to be readily available uh, if, if the if social media is still a thing 20 years from now about uh, the feelings for for Mason Rudolph, I mean, I doubt that he's gonna, you know, evolve and, and become the quarterback that they need him to be. But, I mean, if if it happens, what a story <laughs> that would be, wouldn't it? And that's why we watch sports. So, that's all I want to say about Mason Rudolph. And I just had one more thing to talk about, and that's <laughs> the USFL and the uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers. And I just uh, I was kind of excited when I when I found out that that the USFL would be coming back and then the Maulers would be, would be part of it. And I knew it wouldn't be like it was in the eighties where they were almost a legit rival to the NFL. In fact, they were a legit rival and they were costing the NFL ratings and players draft picks. Um, I knew it was gonna be like that, but I was kind of excited that the Maulers would, would be back. And, and, but I thought that they would be playing here for some reason, whether probably not in Heinz field, but I kind of figured they might play maybe at Highmark Stadium or some other college stadium, you know, like where Robert Morris plays, where I don't even know where they play, or Duquesne, something like that. Um, but I found out, I think it was last week or the week before, that, that all the games are going to be played in Birmingham. Like all eight teams are going to play in Birmingham. So to me, it just doesn't even feel like Pittsburgh has a, a USFL team. Yeah, they do, but in name only. You know, and, and and yes, it might, um, they might uh, put down roots in Pittsburgh, um, maybe in, starting in 2023 or 2024. But let's face it, you know, judging, you know, based on, on what happened with the AA, AA, whatever it was called, the alliance of uh, whatever, and uh, the XFL, um, what are the chances of, of, the USFL being around past 2022, so it's going to be kind of hard for me to to get emotionally attached to this new league and to the Maulers uh, because a, there's no team, there's no the team won't be playing in Pittsburgh, and B, they're probably not going to be around for more than a year or so. So that's all I want to say about that. And now I'll open things up to some questions and comments before I say good night. So let's see what we have. New comments. I got to scroll down. So bear with me out there. In... Oh yeah. Steelers Pittsburgh says Todd Haley is, is the head coach of one of the teams. I mean, that would, that'd be exciting if he was the, the Mahler's head coach or, or if they would have like drafted a like one of these uh, kind of journeyman quarterbacks like even a Johnny Manziel i mean that would have been great you know uh, just for the headlines and what if he what if he really um did a good job oh my gosh you know does it make sense for the steelers to take a flyer on Johnny Manziel you know that kind of thing it would, it would have been interesting but they signed somebody named Kyle or they drafted somebody named Kyle law at or law letter, or whatever. I, I, I couldn't, i never heard of the guy. Yeah. George Teston says that's dumb playing. I think it is. I think, you know, I realize there's probably um, financial reasons why, you know, you know, it's, it's not, you don't, you can't just snap your fingers and, and, um, you know, rent stadiums, you know, so it's probably, you know, financial reasons, but still, you know, you have all eight teams playing in one city and you got a North Division and a South Division. <laughs> it should be like the Birmingham Division and the Birmingham Division. You know, that's it's really what it is. But whatever, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll 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 work. And maybe you know, by next year, all these teams can go play in their their cities that they supposedly represent. But you know, I mean, I think you know, it's the third time now in recent memory that they've tried a they're trying to get a a secondary football league started. And this is the one I was most excited about. And then I find out that. There won't even be any, because I was looking forward to, to going to some games, you know, getting you know cheap tickets. When I, when the Pittsburgh Power uh, was here, the Arena Football League, uh, about 10 years ago, I'd go to games all the time. It was cheap, like 10, 15, 20 bucks for a ticket. It was great. And it was, I mean, it, this, the football wasn't all that great, but it was exciting. <laughs> it was fun. And I was hoping that would be the case this year, but oh, well, that's Okay. And uh this one from Brian Brown. How much will Minka cost the Steelers? What's the pay grade for safety in the NFL? I'm guessing I don't really have a, a number. If I had to guess, it'd probably be around I'd say 15, 20 million, uh thereabouts. As far as guaranteed money, I'm guessing maybe half of what TJ Watt was looking, you know, what he got, 80 million, so probably about 40, 45 million. If you're if you're going to like a, like a five-year contract, say five years for Say sixty million, or four years, sixty million. I would say maybe, and forty of that guaranteed. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take up a, a good chunk of the uh, salary cap. Not that they don't know how to, you know, circumvent, circumvent those kind of things. You know, through uh, through uh, restructures and 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 as we saw last year, voided years. So we'll see what happens. But I'm sa- I'm thinking about fifty million. You know, you got to think of uh, what the. the, the players last year that the, the top safeties was with, with, with contracts that they sign. And then you take it from there. Uh, you, you know, add a little bit to that because everybody wants to make more every year. Everybody wants to make more than, than the guy did last year. So Jared devil says, whatever it takes the Steelers need to, to, to sign Mika. I agree. I mean, he's a fantastic uh, safety, maybe the best free safety in the NFL, maybe the best safety period in the NFL. He's a really fantastic talent. And, you know, you can say what you want about um, the Steelers uh, trading away that first-round pick in 2019, but, I mean, can you imagine them getting back anybody better than than uh, Minka? You know, so, yeah, they, they they need to get him in the fold. He's you know, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick. They make that defense go. Uh, you know, they're already down, possibly Stephon Tuit for good. Um, who knows about Alu Alu? Devin Bush is uh, he's uh, obviously an unfinished product so they're, yeah they're gonna have to uh, uh, they're gonna have to to figure out a way to get minka signed and I have no doubt that they're gonna get him signed. I mean there was all that angst last year about about TJ Watt and they got him done really the 11th hour uh, before the season started. So you know if you don't see anything getting done right away it doesn't mean it won't get done. It just means it, it might take <laughs> the entire offseason. Like it did with Watt last year. So, yeah. Eric Dove says of the USFL, it's going to be like a farm league for the NFL. Yeah, I mean that's that's been the that's been the plan for really. Even even if they didn't have a direct tie to the NFL, it's been the plan uh, for the uh, the alliance. I always forget the name of that the, the acronym and the XFL and now the USFL. The plan is for them to to um, unearth talent that was overlooked by the NFL or maybe um, sort of ran out of chances in the NFL and, you know, to get a second chance in this league. That's, that's, that's the goal. I mean, it'd be really fun. Like we talked about on Monday, if, if, uh, if if a league came along that could actually rival the NFL, it'd just be fun. It'd be fun. I'd still be a loyal NFL fan, but I'd love to see that kind of thing happen. But, you know, it's, it's a much different world now than it was in, in, the, in the early to mid eighties. And I don't, I don't, I don't think there's enough uh, of a pie when you're talking about how um, how divided the, the entertainment pie is uh, for TV. I don't think there's enough of a pie to get networks to bite on a huge television contract for a a, a, a rival league, or for a, a, a bunch of billionaire owners to step up and, or a bunch of billionaires to step up and buy these teams and uh have the resources to compete with the nfl it's just not it's not like it was in 1983-84 you know you have you know the nfl's uh the, the 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 top television uh prize but even that you know their ratings uh are 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 the best but you know if you get another league in there it would cut into those kind of ratings and I'm I'm not sure anybody would let that happen now so and Brian Brown asked should the Steelers take a middle line you know inside linebacker with the number one pick I mean I think it's it's certainly it's certainly uh on the uh it's certainly in the mix I would say I mean I really haven't taken a look at many of the prospects outside of quarterback <laughs> as I as I sheepishly said in, in an earlier article this week. But yeah, it, you know, and, it, and it's not even just to replace Devin Bush. It, you know, it could be to, to have somebody play alongside him. You know, I mean, uh, I think that's certainly on the table. Uh, de- defensive line's on the table. Offensive line, of course, is on the table. Cornerback is on the table. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of areas they could, they could go with that number one pick and inside linebacker is definitely one of those areas so yeah I, I i mean if 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 the if the uh the uh the value in uh, you know is there at 20 then yeah i mean if 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 they feel that they that, that, that this guy could be a, a um help the defense be a game changer then i i see no problem with that All right. What else we have here? Evgeny Crosby says the USFL will last one season. That's probably where I'd put my money one season. Who knows? Hopefully it will last longer, but you never, but, but you know, the odds are that it, (laughs) that it won't. And, uh, Steelers baby says, wait, what happened to the XFL league? Wasn't that Vince McMahon? Yeah, it was. And I, 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 don't know if he's still in the mix. Or not. I know The Rock is in the mix, and they're coming back. I think what happened to the XFL was the, the second time around was COVID. The pandemic shut, shut them down. So who knows if they would have uh, kept going. But they had a pretty sweet deal with, uh, I think it was Fox and ABC, uh, which is, you know, the, the other league didn't have that. But that's what happened the last time the first time around it was just a farce basically in in 2000 the he hate me era and you know they had uh Jesse the body and doing uh color commentary when he was still the governor of minnesota it was just a big old joke and it was basically wrestling on a football field uh but the second time around they were tr- they were trying to become more they were trying to be more legit but then the pandemic hit and, and then everything had to uh Full, they had to fold up their tents, for, uh, so to speak. So we'll see what happens the, second, the third time around, I guess. And this is uh, Mark Tobin. The guy in Georgia is great, too. I assume you're talking about, uh, if you're talking about defensive linemen, that would be Jordan Davis, right? I've heard some great things about him. But the way it goes with a defensive lineman, if, um, if he's already getting that kind of buzz, he won't be around the 20. I mean, those defensive linemen are coveted. Those uh, guys who can who can dominate at the line of scrimmage, get to the quarterback, stop the run, whatever. Uh, so he's gonna he's gonna be gone. Uh, he says it's a linebacker. I don't know. I don't know. Is, that, is that who Jordan? Davis? I thought I thought Jordan Davis was the lineman, but I don't know. There's plenty of time to uh, study the draft between now and, and uh, April. Clarence Washington says number one pick will either be a quarterback or an O lineman. And yeah, I mean, I I'd say. At this point, the chances of it being another lineman are probably better than a quarterback, simply because um, Kenny Pickett won't be there. I look for him to be gone by the top 10, like I've been saying. And and it looks like a little bit of the sheen is off of Malik Willis uh, in the week since the uh, senior bowl. Although the combine and the pro day might change that uh, before the draft. But uh, it looks like he might... uh, be a candidate now for an early second round pick. Who knows? Then again, he might be by the time the draft rolls run, he, his stock might start rising again and he might go in a top 15. You get thrown guys like Sam Howell and, 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 you know, uh, Mark, Matt Corral, you know, so it, it's, it, it's still early, but, but, uh, I'd say Lyman is, is, uh, it's probably a better bet at this offensive lineman at this point. Clarence Washington, another one says, Flores should help Highsmith as well. That's a good point. That's a good point, Clarence. Uh, you know, he's here to resurrect uh, Devin Bush, or that's one of the reasons why he's presumed to be here. But um, obviously, Alex Highsmith, he, he could. I mean, you saw it with, uh, what with what, what Mike Munchak did with Marcus Gilbert, who was a second-round pick. He took him from being a like an average lineman and making him one of the best right tackles in the NFL. Flores, you know, not to. Highsmith has been struggling, but he could maybe take him from a budding young player into a superstar on, on the level of a Bud Dupree when he left here. And if he can do that, wow. You know, you talk about a, 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 a shot in the arm for that defense, for that pass rush, uh, for TJ Watt <laughs> and, and giving him some help. So yeah, that's, 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 that's another, that's a great point. And it's another, uh, thing we have to keep our eye on is uh mini camp and training camp, uh, approaches and this is uh brian brown shouldn't the steelers get back to old school run offense Najee can put up bus numbers don't worry about the quarterback right now mason is good enough well i mean you know uh i think running is coming back into vogue in recent years i mean you know obviously quarterbacks the number one thing you need and, and of course you need a great defense but, you know, passing rules today, having said that, you know, more and more teams are having success running the ball. I think it's, you know, it's a cyclical thing. You know, if, if, uh, defenses are gearing up to stop the pass and, you know, they're getting, you know, lighter and quicker and, you know, it stands a reason that you, you can maybe dominate more on, on the ground. And most of the, of these successful teams in recent years have had great running attacks. So, I don't know if, if you necessarily uh, go back to old school, but definitely uh, make that more of an emphasis. And, and you know, with, with Ben Roethlisberger retiring, Najee Harris, you know, he has a great chance now to be the focal point of the offense for the foreseeable future. Evan Gullis says, do you think Stephen it comes back? If you had to speculate. Well, I mean, Art the second, what did he say when he said – we're, we're leaving the door open or leaving open the possibility that tells me that, that it's more of a, uh, like Shannon said on Monday, it, it, it's more of a, a, a mental thing that at this point, does he want to continue to play? Is he still grieving? Then it isn't a, 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 if it was a physical thing, they wouldn't be saying things like we're leaving the door open. This tells me that, that, that to it is, um, is, is still contemplating whether, whether or not he should keep playing. And here we are at the end of February, uh, you have OTAs coming up soon, and you have of course minicamp and everything. So if he's still not on board yet after you know and again and again, we don't know what we don't know why what, what's going on. We really as Brian has pointed out several times, we really have never been given an official uh, reason. As to what's you know what's going on with stuff onto it, so it, it's almost unfair to, to to like really point to anything, even his brother's death as a reason. But at this point, if I had to speculate, I would say that 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 um I said on Monday that I think he, he's probably he might come back, but after what Art II said the other day, I'm, I'm starting to have my doubts that that he he might come back next year. So if I if I I think I'm leaning. 60-40 against it at this point At this juncture, but you know, t- it can change I mean, the offseason, 24-7 News cycle, things change all the time This is Brian Brown again Najee made the Pro Bowl with no O-line Imagine if he had one, that's right, you know yeah, I mean, he had some tough yards Last year, His yards were tough to come by But he, he Had one heck of a rookie year so if they can if they can spruce up that line uh he's going to be a superstar so on that note I'm getting up against it I think I'm going to call it a night it was fun talking to you all it was a nice spirited show a nice groovy calm show and uh I hope you have a great weekend and uh who knows what kind of news it's going to I'll have to talk about on uh, on uh, Monday with Brian and Shannon And certainly by the time next Friday rolls around, uh, news never stops in the NFL with the Steelers, everything. So who knows what we'll be talking about next week. But until I talk to you on Monday, you have a great weekend and go Steelers.